This is an Area Code podcast. This is All Alone, a podcast about life during a pandemic. The following audio diaries were recorded the week of March 22nd. I am James. I am recording this in Italy, just north of Rome. So right now I'm in a villa, kind of like a country house. It overlooks the valleys uh, and the Tiber that kind of slowly snakes its way into Rome. This is an old family house that we've had for a couple of generations. And yeah, I'm here with my parents. I'm 32, 33, I think I'm 33. Oh God, I'm old. And um, just kind of here helping out. My folks are in their early 60s and they have they have pretty good health relatively good health for you know uh, their age the neighborhood is kind of interesting so i should say i live in berlin normally i live in berlin germany uh, but i took an emergency flight like a week and a half ago to come here and um, support the parents so this is like our little escape summer house that we use I, I actually lived here as well for a couple of years back when i was a teenager and to be frank it, this is not a neighborhood I know well. I haven't really, I don't really know many people, especially where we are. So we know the neighbors. Interesting story there. It's a rags to riches story uh, of a guy who owned a, a kind of a tobacco shop in the, lo- the local town who then went on to like sell a business worth hundreds of millions of euros and then uh, give, entrusted a lot of his money to his son who then lost it all. <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's a story for another day. But they're not around at the moment. And across the road from us is a nunnery. I guess that's where nuns come from. And they, there are only four nuns left when I last counted. So we don't really talk much of them. Um, you know, um, we're, not, we're not really religious or Catholic or anything. I guess what, what I should say is that we're pretty socially isolated in this little uh, villa most of the time. Hi, my name is Sandra. I'm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. We live in an older Vancouver neighborhood. And because it's older, it's not like a more typical suburb. The homes are pretty close together. There's a sidewalk. We all have front porches. So we're fairly close to the street. But it's old and it's leafy. And uh, where we live is a neighborhood called Dunbar. We're about two blocks from a 2,000-acre forest in one direction and about a 10- or 15-minute walk to shops grocery stores, an old-school movie theater, restaurants nearby. So, back in Berlin, my windows opened out onto the beginning of an abandoned airport runway. Tempelhof, if anybody is familiar with Berlin, it's the old airport that where the Allies did the Berlin airlift. You know, there were planes like every minute and a half lifting in supplies uh, from the west when the Soviets blockaded Berlin. My apartment window overlooks that runway. And uh, so I, no, most, most days I would, because uh, I'm a freelancer, I work from home, I just get some running shoes on and just go down that runway. It's about two kilometers and kind of go two kilometers back. And thing is, it's very flat here in the mountains. It's uh, very hilly. We're at like 700 meters. So nowadays I'm like, I've traded off like this flat runway for these extraordinary vistas and like mountains in the distance. You can see the Pyrenees and the snow-capped mountains way off in the distance. But also like, we're talking like some steep gradients. I mean, I'm like, I am, I'm a, I'm a sweaty mess at the end of it. <laughs> it's really, really hard work. Um, 
but also, you know, I do a lot of yoga, but um, an old girlfriend of mine actually is a yoga instructor. And, you know, she had spent the last three months in Italy with her partner, who is a musician. And they both hadn't been working. It had just been chilling out, you know, hoping to work from March onwards. And then this hit, I was like, oh God, you know, they live in, they live in Amsterdam, which is pretty, yeah, so it's, that's an expensive city. So I figured, you know, what I should do, I have like almost zero cost right now. I should, um, so I've been joining her online yoga sessions and um, kind of weird because, you know, I speak to her, I don't know, speak to her like once a year, but now I'm like speaking to her on a regular basis and, you know, thinking about the relationship of old and, and why that didn't work out. And it's, <laughs> I don't know if I need that when I'm doing my, doing my yoga, but it's funny actually, she said things in, um, in our last class about letting go about things that don't serve you. And so I was like, yep, well, thinking about uh, <laughs> old relationships doesn't really serve me anymore. So let, let all that go. I'm currently living with my mom. She doesn't usually live with me, but I've brought her to stay with me because I don't think she's capable of isolating herself enough on her own. And so I'm trying to also stay isolated so that I don't pick anything up. She's 82 and has several conditions that make her relatively high risk. Um, my spouse, he's currently at our cabin on uh, Galliano Island, which is just off the main coast, about an hour ferry ride from Vancouver. He's there because he came back from the States a week ago and had to be on two-week quarantine as a result. And we just feel fortunate that we have two places so he can stay away for now and my mom is protected. Uh, I don't think we're high risk, although I did see an article about how someone who's 34 died from the coronavirus. And the article described him as high risk because he had asthma, which is something my spouse has. And he had a childhood history of bronchitis, which is something I had. So I don't think we're high risk, but it's stories like that that make you wonder. But in general, we're not really worried about us. Um, we're more concerned about someone like my mom or the other high risk people that we know, that we think it's important for us to um, socially distance ourselves or self-isolate to protect the vulnerable. One of the most challenging things was kind of flying from Berlin where I had a very active social life. I was going, I was doing like live improv comedy, uh, actually performing. I, you know, it's, there was a lot going on, uh, dating as well. And then, you know, come here and it's complete, just like quiet, frank slash quiet slash boredom. Um, one thing that's been good is that I've been reconnecting with a lot of old friends. Uh, and so one thing I did was um, reconnect to, this time, another old girlfriend. Um, uh, probably, I would say, the pr first person I ever properly, like, fell in love with. And um, it didn't work out for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but uh, partly because she was based in Sweden, I was based in Berlin. There was really no career opportunities for me in Sweden and she was prepared to do a long distance thing. So it's a very pragmatic, she's a very, she's a very pragmatic person. Um, but also at the time she was like, she said um, one of the reasons why she'd come out of a long-term relationship and she wasn't really prepared to jump into one anymore. She wanted to be, you know, non-exclusive, you know, non-monogamous. And that, that I found that really hard to, to handle. So I couldn't, so that's one of the reasons it didn't, work, it didn't work out. Yeah, so that's the kind of story I told myself. Uh, and then I reconnected anyway, because it's just nice to reconnect. And it's been a long time. It's been years since I last spoke to her. Um, 
and uh, it was really nice. And then at one point she let on that she did have a boyfriend today. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then it kind of hit me a little bit later on that this is kind of like, there was this like, I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, it hit me later on that. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I kind of teared up on the, on the call, but I kind of tried to hide that. And then I found myself um, just lying in bed for an hour, listening to, to sad songs, kind of wallowing in it, just letting it flow over, flow over me and then, you know, go back to normal. Yeah, so I guess there's some, there was definitely some residual feeling there, which I think is now gone. And I hope she's happy. And I know she's happy. I hope she does well with this new guy. Um, yeah, and, uh, but, you know, I wanted to talk to someone about it. So I, last night, picked up the phone to an old friend who had, up until very recently, been working in Kosovo, managing an, an editor, he was the editor of a, um, a kind of, kind of like The Economist, but like the, the Kosovo Regional Economist type publication, like The New Yorker or something for like Kosovo. Um, and he's British and had fled um, as things got really, really serious with the lockdown in Kosovo. And, you know, we're, we've known each other for a decade. And so I wanted to, you know, talk about, you know, what had happened with, you know, speaking to this ex. And um, he, what was interesting is that he, he wasn't really in a good mental place for that himself. He had been in self-quarantine in, the, in a room, so he didn't infect his more elderly parents. Um, and, he, you know, and, I, and I, that's when I kind of realized that, you know, he, that his attention span wasn't quite where it was, what it used to be. He didn't really have a capacity to kind of to listen and to um, engage with, with where, where, what I was going through. It was more, I think he was just really kind of struggling himself. And I think that's the first time I can see, like, this is like, part of the challenge of uh, of self-isolation it's that you know you have to not only move beyond your own struggles but also you know create space for others and I can see that's proving to be more and more difficult for some of my friends so that was a bit of a shame but um, yeah we'll see how he does but I guess one of the challenges is also my father I'm going to talk a bit quietly because he can uh, hear in the other room um, so my dad, uh, he's usually a very, very level-headed person, but recently he's been quite emotional about this whole thing. You know, he's uh, he, he works in London in a bank for the government, like the regulator, but uh, recently has been here. And um, his, I don't know, I think that he, he just needs to get out and to, you know, meet people. He's a very social guy. And um, so now, like, the smallest things are kind of triggering. And so I'm finding, like, dinners are, like, Okay, what mood is that in? Is he in a good mood or a bad mood? And that's, you know, if he's in a bad mood, it's, it's not really much you can do except just kind of weather it. And my mother's not particularly good at weathering it. So I find myself in the middle of this, you know, this kind of simmering, this simmering, bickering and conflicting conflict between my parents. It's getting a bit exhausting, frankly. Is it, really, is it really my job to step in and, you know, soothe things over? I think the fact that I'm in the room alone, you know, means that they don't, they don't kind of go off that, go off the handle, but, you know, I don't know. It gets, it's a bit. It's a bit taxing. I run. I try to run two or three times a week, um, but this whole week has just been discombobulating. I haven't. I feel like I'm still getting my sea legs with regards to self isolation. Um, I've tried to walk quite a bit. I haven't been running, although I am r- recording this while wearing my running clothes because I'm going to go for a run soon. I anticipate having to actually 
dodge around people and keep crossing the road because even though our streets are usually really quiet so much that we might not see anyone on a walk I think because everyone's home and everyone's trying to get outside for fresh air it's a little bit busier and I feel like I have to kind of maintain social distance even if I'm walking or running I hope during this this time period I'll actually start exercising more because I have more time to do so and I think it's critical obviously for my physical well-being, but also my mental well-being. The one thing that's bringing me hope, frankly, is the fact that there are still flights, you know, going to and from Rome and Berlin. And Germany recently did a, uh, their, their new quarantine measure was like, you can't meet in groups of more than two people. And I'm, I'm like, that's perfect. I don't like large groups. That's basically my standard operating procedure. So... I'm kind of thinking how long it can I how long can I last here and should I book a flight to Berlin maybe after Easter and resume resume some kind of life there which will be a bit more subdued than before but still you know uh, I think a much more enriching life than one um social and you know fulfilling one than one that I have here I don't know that's a question that I'm thinking about but the flights are also quite cheap and they're available and they're direct so yeah, that's that's on my mind, but that that's giving me hope. Mm. I was really looking forward to going to that large forest that I mentioned is near our house. It's such a place for rejuvenation and a place to completely relax because the trees are really big and it's really green and it's very quiet and serene. Unfortunately, when I went there yesterday, it was crowded. And it seemed like nobody seems to understand what it means to have six feet away from people. I felt like I was the only one doing this. And so it was super frustrating because people were walking three astride, covering the whole length of the, the width of the trail. They were stopping the middle of the trail to chat. Um, I found I had to keep kind of either waiting or pushing myself into the bush to just create distance. Um, and it was really frustrating when usually that's really a place you relax and instead it actually created the wrong, the opposite feelings for me. And it's frustrating too, because there really is enough room for everyone. If only people were a little bit more sensitive and thoughtful about how and where they're walking. Um, it's a huge forest. There, there is enough room for everybody, but I'm, I, I'm actually concerned that the government may close down this kind of forest. They have already closed a few popular trails in the North Shore of Vancouver because people weren't following social distancing rules. And I could see that happening for other things uh, like this, this, this forest. We could all use it. We all desperately need nature. And so I'm frustrated that too many people just aren't, aren't listening. Um, and unfortunately, the government's going to take it away. It's a classic case of why we can't have nice things. All Alone is created and hosted by me, Morgan Lee. It's produced by Richard Clark, Sarah Cameron, and myself. All Alone is a useful group podcast. For more information or to join us, please send us an email at coronavirusdiaries at gmail.com.
This is an area code podcast.